Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting educational and enlightening episode of Mindset to Mastery. I am your host, Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the CARS Group, where we facilitate desired outcomes for our clients through strategic consulting, team development, and applied learning. So why this particular podcast? Because we understand that you don't want more information, you want real solutions. And through Mindset to Mastery, we believe if you change your mindset, you master your success. So every episode, we, pre we present a real-life problem, an issue, a pain point that impacts individuals and therefore their organizations. And then we will provide the strategy and offer solutions to get the desired results. So think of it as a mini case study and best practices strategy session all rolled into one. So are you ready? Great. Let's get started. Today's episode is on powering up your people. I want you to think about this scenario. You are a part of a team and your team has been called into a meeting to discuss areas of improvement. The team manager presents the numbers. Sales have been decreasing. There are less referrals and repeat customers than this time last quarter. So the group brainstorms ideas for improvement and possible solutions. They discuss assigned roles. They specify actions that they want to take. And then everyone breaks up and they determine how they're going to measure their results. So during the meeting, you notice that the location supervisor, the big GM, has been nervously listening to the exchange, but hasn't been participating. Doesn't really seem to be in agreement with the decisions and the action steps that are being outlined, but doesn't necessarily say anything. So after the meeting is adjourned and the team members all break up and you go into, you know, outline into actually implementing the, the specifics of what you've discussed, sure enough, when two team members are engaging with a new customer and explaining the features of a product, the supervisor walks over, interrupts the conversation to take over, leaving the team member standing there looking confused. Later on in the day, another team member is working on a new display as discussed in the meeting to highlight low selling inventory. The supervisor comes over and interjects and begins rearranging the display and essentially tells the team member to redo it the new way. Now, this doesn't just stop with these two instances. The supervisor keeps finding team members that have been empowered or left up, you know, left with decision-making ability in order to make some changes, and the supervisor comes back and starts sabotaging and telling them not to do it that way. So what do you do? Now, the major issue with this is that while your team manager has been empowering the staff and telling them that they need to come up with solutions and, they, and the person wants their input in terms of what's the best way to engage with clients and how can they best um, increase sales of different um, products and services, the supervisor obviously is not on board with that. So now you have confusion in terms of who's actually in charge. And not only is there confusion, but your staff and your team is getting the impression and the message that they do not have control. They don't have power. They don't have any type of independent decision-making ability 
And even if they are trying to exert some leadership and taking responsibility for helping to make the overall group more successful, they have someone who is basically sabotaging all of those efforts. So your staff and your team is left feeling powerless. So it's not just important to give staff a voice, which your, man, your team manager was doing, it's also important to actually follow through on that voice. So major issues, your staff's feeling powerless. You need to give your team a voice and an ability to share in the decision-making, but you also have to follow through and support them in that. So one thing that you have to remember when you have a client-facing experience, a client-facing company or organization, your staff, your team, they're on the front lines. They're the ones that interact with the client on a day-to-day -day basis. They are your best source of information, of data, of experiences, of, of practical hands-on, this is what the customer has been telling us that they want and that they don't want. And this is how we observe the clients interacting or not interacting with the product or interacting or not interacting with the service and agreeing or not agreeing. And these are the complaints and these are the things that are going right and the things that they say aren't going right. So when you power up your people, you empower them to not just go out and try to sell product, not just go out and try to deal with customers, but you also empower them to become action researchers where they are looking at the experience that your customers are having and they're taking in that data, they're taking in that anecdotal information. You may have sales figures and you may have the data that says, okay, we sold X number of this product at, on this particular time, or this particular date, but when it comes to actual client experience, your team members are your best source of information. And as a result of your team members being your best source of information, your team members are also your best source of ideas. You have to empower your people to understand that they are on the front line and they are vitally important to understanding how things need to be displayed, how things need to be explained, how they need to shift what is being done in the company or in the organization or in the group so that they can get the results that they want. Now, in this scenario, the team manager that brings everybody together and wants them to brainstorm and talks about, this is my experience and this is what a client told me and this is what's been happening over time, that person, is doing the right thing in terms of getting the input to back up the data, to explain why the data points are the way they are. Because data can only give you so much information. Your people are the ones that are gonna give you the observation. They're the ones that are gonna validate the data and say, okay, if this isn't selling, selling well, we need to know why. So this is the information that we're getting back from clients. So your staff's on the front line. They're helping you to create that client's experience that is going to drive your sales. So they need to be considered and included and empowered. So how can we do this? 
And there are a couple of different things that naturally will fall in place, but it requires a shift in the mindset from that old top-down mentality of managers and supervisors and directors and all of them knowing everything and having all of the answers and giving the directive from the top down. It requires more of a meet in the middle. Management and supervisors and the C-suite, they have data points, they have the numbers, they have sales, they have all of that that's gonna give them information. But you also have to take the information and the insights and the observations and the experiences of the people who are forward-facing and touching your clients on a day-to-day -day basis and get their observations of what's going on. Get gathered information from them about what the client is saying or not saying. The experiences, the observations that they have when they see clients actually interacting with the products and the services. So if you are in this situation, how do you change it? If you are management and you want to start empowering your team and empowering your people to become a part of this process of making changes so that you can increase your market share, you can increase your sales, you can increase the amount of product that you sell, you can increase and improve and enhance the customer experience. First thing, let people do their jobs. You don't hire people just to have a body in that space, in that position. You don't hire people because you're checking off a list. You hire people because they are best suited to the position and the role and the responsibilities. So if you are hiring someone to fill a particular position and you are, you've been clear in the responsibilities that you are expecting and the expectations, then let people do their job. Allow them the freedom and give them some leeway after you've given them direction and after you've done onboarding and training and all of that, that's a given, but allow them to have the independence to be able to perform their duties to the best of their ability. Now, that does not mean that you need to micromanage everything that someone's doing. People cannot operate freely and fully in an environment where they feel like someone's always looking over their shoulder and someone is always breathing down their neck. So let your people do their job. Give them some space. Outline clear expectations. Make sure that everybody's on the same page in terms of what your vision is, what your outcome is, what the experience is that you're trying to create, but then let them do their job. Let them operate in their areas of best practices. Let them operate in their zone. But then number two, hold them accountable. If you're going to have a conversation with people about what their expectations are, what the roles and the responsibilities are, how their actions are going to impact the outcomes and the sales and the performance of that particular division, then you have to hold people accountable. If they say that they're going to do something, then they need to do it. You cannot help anyone grow or develop or become better if you don't hold them accountable. That means you have clearly defined benchmarks. You have clearly defined data points. You have clearly defined measurements. And some of those measurements is not always immediately registered in the, in the number of, of sales or the products that you're able to, to offer. Sometimes that's in anecdotal data or customer, um, you know, customer feedback. 
whatever the way that you're going to measure it though, you have to hold people accountable. If they're going to do something, if you're, you clearly define the expectations, then you need to come back and you need to be able to tell them, this is what you said, this is what I expected, and this is what happened or didn't happen. If they happen to fail, which some people are going to do if, because people aren't perfect, and, and I usually, and, and there's another episode that I'll talk about where we're going to talk about this word failure because most of the time when people are doing something new or they're learning or they're growing or they're developing, if they don't hit the mark exactly the first time, we look at it as a failure when really it's a learning opportunity. Now, if you're in a predicament where failure is not an option, meaning that we have to hit these benchmarks, then that means that you need to go back into determining how you assign certain roles and responsibilities, what type of support you give people in certain roles and responsibilities, and how long you're going to let things go before you check up to make sure that they're on the right track with those roles and their, and their responsibilities. So if they fail, deal with it accordingly. Maybe you need to go back and retrain them. Maybe you need to pair them up with somebody else. Maybe you need to see, get some feedback from them in terms of why things didn't go the way you had anticipated and see how you need to adjust your approach. But once again, your employee, your staff member, your team member needs to be empowered to be able to share what's going on and what's not working. So let them do their jobs, hold them accountable, if they fail, deal with it accordingly. Is it something that we need to go back and revise the process? We need to revise the progress that we're making. We need to revise the benchmarks, the approach, or is this something that you're just not good at or you're not following up with, or we need to get somebody else to do? You have to make those determinations, but you have to get the input in order to know what adjustments need to be made. And then if they succeed, reward them. Praise them accordingly. Nobody wants to work really, really hard and not get any recognition. Now, I know some people are saying, well, I'm not going to reward you for something you're supposed to do. I'm not going to give you accolades for something that, you know, is, is a requirement, is an expectation, is a baseline. And I can already hear the ones in the back that are saying, yeah, that's what's wrong now because you get the participation awards and everybody gets rewarded for everything, even if they're doing a bad job. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about when you have team members that are doing their best, that are putting in the work, that are turning things around, everybody wants to be recognized for a job well done. Everybody wants to feel as if what they do matters. Everybody wants to have encouragement that is going to tell them that they're doing great so that they'll want to continue to do great. If you are never giving your team members any accolades at all. Even something as simple as saying, job well done. I saw what you did there. I see the amount of effort that you're putting in. I really appreciate it. If you're never doing that, you're not going to get the morale that you want. You're not gonna get the buy-in that you want over the long-term consistently. You're going to erode the, the trust factor. Because nobody wants to go all out for somebody that they feel is not appreciative, someone that takes them for granted. So you need to make sure that you reward them, that you praise them, that you, you know, 
have a day or an afternoon out. Do something fun, especially if you are in a high pressure situation where the numbers have been steadily declining and there is real pressure to turn things around in a very, very short amount of time. You want your people to know that you don't just consider them to be a commodity, that you consider them to be an asset. You consider them to be important to the success of the overall team and of the overall company. So you have to make sure that your people feel empowered. And, and one of the things that I always say is that I can't empower someone. I have to stir up the power that's already existing within them. If you are not developing the leadership characteristics and skill sets of your team members, you are not stirring up the power that is already within them. If you are not encouraging them to give their feedback, if you are not encouraging them to speak up about the areas that they are proficient in and that they're responsible for, for, if you are not encouraging them to bring their thoughts and their ideas to the table, then you are missing out on a grand opportunity to stir up the power that's already within them. Your teammates, your people, your, your staff, that is your greatest resource. Those are the people that make your company run. Those are the people that will create success or they will lead to failure. And what you wanna do as a member of the team, as a member of the company, as a manager, you want to look at your team members as a resource and you want to cultivate them as a resource. You want to empower them by stirring up their leadership potential, by encouraging them to speak up, by encouraging to them to share in the vision of what the company is or the organization is trying to achieve, by having them understand that their role is very important in what happens and in the way that this company goes and the way this department goes and the way that we all succeed together. They need to understand that they are a part of the whole. And as a part of the whole, they are responsible to each other and they are responsible to you and they are responsible to the customer and they are responsible to the company. So give them that power. Give them the opportunity to try out new things. Give them the opportunity to lead and take the initiative on new things. Give them the opportunity to take ownership of this. Not take ownership in terms of taking over the whole company, you know what I mean? Take ownership of the process. And even if you bring someone in that is going to be able to give them direction and strategy, still have them start to generate ideas about how this can work. Because the greatest detraction when it comes to trying new things, when it comes to trying to turn around an organization, when it comes to even trying to succeed beyond where you are now, is that people don't feel like they have any input. They don't feel like they have any power. They feel that if they fail or if they miss the mark, then it's gonna be all punitive. But if they succeed, they're not going to get any recognition at all. You want to empower, enhance, and support your people because they are your greatest resource. They are your source of success. They are where, the, where everything starts 
and ends. And if you don't shift your mindset in terms of the way that you're thinking about your people and the way that you're thinking about your team and the way that you're treating them and the things that you're saying to them and how you are inviting them to become a part of what you're building, then you're going to find yourself constantly having to replace people who leave. People do not go all in and they don't give their all for a concept or a company or an entity, they do that because of the people that they work with, the people that they work for, the belief that they have in the vision, the way that they feel that they matter. And you cannot undermine the power of your employees, of your team members. You cannot undermine their voice and their contribution. You cannot undermine their experience. You cannot undermine their initiative and expect them to do well. So if you're a manager, if you're a team member, if you are a supervisor, whatever your position, start looking at your team differently. Start shifting your mindset so that you can see the people that you have working for you as a resource that is empowered, that is educated, that is informed, that is excited and impactful and that is all in and invested in the success of the overall organization you cannot succeed if your staff is feeling powerless you can't do it all by yourself nobody can so in order for you to build a team you have to share the wealth of the power share the wealth for the input and share the wealth for the engagement get them involved and make sure that they have a voice they can share in the decision making and that because they are the front line when it comes to servicing clients that they're the ones that you go to to get their input and their insight and their feedback and their suggestions so let them do their job hold them accountable if they fail Deal with it accordingly and help to support them in whatever way that they need support. And if they succeed, reward them and praise them accordingly. Because ultimately, you want them on your side and you want them to be empowered so that all of you working together can create the success that you know is possible. So these are things that, you know, it's easy for you to start trying little by little. And if you find that you're more afraid of letting go and getting people involved and giving them the opportunity to, to participate actively in this process, then you need to start looking at the way that you're managing your organization and you need to look at your expectations and your vision of what your organization and your company is and how far it can go. So thank you for joining us at Mindset to Mastery, where we provide guidance and best practices to assist you to change your mindset and master your success. Let us know your thoughts, how this episode has impacted you, if you have a problem or a topic you'd like us to address in a future episode, and how these suggestions worked or didn't work for you. Look out for new episodes every week on milehowradio.com, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and on our website at carsgroup.com. That's K-A-R-S group.com. 
I am your host, Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the CARS Group, where we facilitate outcome through strategic consulting, team development, and applied learning. Until next time, change your mindset, master your success, and make it a great one.